You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy Rocky Magana, our, our uh, good friend Kramer Sansone in the background, helping us out, making sure this thing moves along. Chiefs pick up their first win in the preseason against the Washington Commanders, and they look pretty good doing it. You know, it's I, I think there was probably some Chiefs fans, and I saw this in the comments uh, last week, Rocky, that like. Our depth is terrible because they 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 let the Chicago Bears third and fourth stringers come back and win that football game. And there might have been a, a little bit of that today in the fourth quarter. But thanks to Chris Lamonts, who who grabs a uh, late fourth quarter interception, the Chiefs wind up tacking on another touchdown and they walk away with their first win of the preseason, 24 to 14. And as far as Rocky, the starters go. Um, it's kind of hard for me <laughs> to not feel like I'm getting a little bit biased about this team. Cause man, the starters looked good again today. And there was a number of players who weren't available in Juju Smith, Schuster, Chris Jones, McCole Hardman. And it did not matter. Patrick Mahomes looks like he is ready to try to make a run in another MVP in my honest opinion. Oh my gosh. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, Mahomes looks like Neo in the matrix out there with bullets just coming at him. He's moving. Everything's coming at him in slow motion. He's processing the game on another level. Um, he, I mean, there was that, there was a couple of plays where, you know, he was, you know, playing out of, out of, out of, out of, out of structure. Um, but then there was a couple of plays where he was hitting his fifth read, you know, I mean, he's just, I mean, this is next level Mahomes. He said this week that he refocused um, in the off season and, if Mahomes is if last season was an unfocused Mahomes, like I mean, strap in because a focused Mahomes, I I don't it. I'm telling myself it's just the preseason and it's just been the Commanders and just been the Bears, but I mean, he looks unstoppable at this point. And I love the picture that Kramer grabbed of Mahomes here because. Like that look, those arm angles, like that's what he was doing the entire time today. When he was on the football field, he just looked fantastic. Like he just looked like, yes, he is refocused. Like he is operating at a different level this season. And, you know, I, I think the Chiefs needed some of that this year. And, and I, I do think that there is something to the idea that this offense got a little bored over the last couple of years. And I know that, you know, the defense has changed the way that they approach, and they just said, we're just not going to let you guys beat us deep downfield last season. And and I think that Andy Reid got a little too reliant on just Mahomes will make plays, Tyreek will make plays, Travis Kelsey will make plays. And, and I think that they got a little complacent in that because they were so good. When you have three Hall of Fame players on one side of the ball, like it, it's easy to do that. I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that they got a little bit complacent and I think we're seeing it now through two preseason contests. And we're only talking about three drives here. So it's not like we've got this huge sample size. But man, he's been virtually flawless, in my opinion, in three preseason drives. And I know today there was a, a few incompletions and stuff like that. But it, it was more, I think, on some of the other pass catchers than it was on Patrick Mahomes. Because when he's been dialed in this preseason, he has looked fantastic. And again, I'm starting to talk myself into like, okay, I think this is, this is what he needed. This is the boost that he needed to make a run at another MVP. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And Kramer, actually, can we see that picture of Mahomes again, just for one more second? Like, look at the expression on Mahomes' face here. This is a guy who has a defender bearing down on him, an NFL level athlete. And he looks like he just woke up from a nap and is thinking about what he wants for a snack. 
Like there is no, there's not an ounce of concern on this man's face. He is a puppet master at this point, just waiting for the right moment to throw the ball. Like I, like he is just so next level. And you're absolutely right. Last season, you know, they did get a little complacent, but if you look at it now, yeah, sure. On, on the top end of the roster, maybe some of the talent's not there with Tyreek Hill being gone now, but. I think as far as depth of receivers and depth of targets go, and we'll talk about this a little bit more as we go on with the show. I mean, the chiefs are what seven, eight legitimate receivers deep, like maybe not superstars, but NFL quality receivers that you can trust to make a play that you got to account for. Yeah. And it's been apparent in his place so far. Uh, He's spreading the ball around all over the place. And, And that's what I think, is so exciting about this team and we'll yeah we'll talk about the rookies because there was some flashes there again and we're all excited uh to talk about that group of young players but when you look at this roster and and heading into the season I, i think the group that i was most questionable about was that cornerback group and we'll we'll discuss them a little bit later on in the show too but Across the board, it just seems like they are deeper than they have been the last couple of years. And like you said, that wide receiver group, it was bad last season outside of Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. And, you know, maybe uh, the, the Byron Pringle truthers are, are going to hate me for this. But like when Byron Pringle is your third best pass catcher, that's a problem. And that's what we saw last season. And that's why I was disappointed that they didn't target a wide receiver in the draft last year, because we knew they needed more depth at that position. And so while they traded away a superstar wide receiver and Tyree killed this off season, they addressed it by saying, okay, we're just going to get a bunch of guys now. And we're going to get a bunch of guys who, who are proven and MVS and Juju who that they're NFL veterans. So, you know, they can compete at this level. And then you've got an exciting rookie in sky Moore, and, and you've just got a lot more depth there. And we haven't even gotten to Jody Fortson yet. Jody Fortson ma- making the world, making sure the world knows who he is before we get to the regular season. And I've mentioned this several times on the Arrowhead pride podcast network that I think when Jody Fortson went down last season, And we talked about the Chiefs offense really wasn't that good in the red zone last year. Like they weren't as efficient as they normally are. And we saw them struggle to score points once they got inside the 20 last season. That was the first time in a long time that we had really seen them struggle to do that. And early on in the season, we got a a small glimpse of how they can utilize Jody Fortson in the red zone. And he scored two touchdowns last year early on the season. Then he tears his Achilles. He's done for the year. And I was so bummed when he had that quad injury and had to sit out so much time in training camp because this is a guy that I'm excited about. He is going to have a big role on this team. He caught two touchdown passes today and, and looked fantastic. Actually, we've got the touchdown passes, so let's check those out. Last week, five catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. Touchdown, Chiefs! Jody Fortson gets the six. That's just the first one. <laughs> and we've got another one from Joe. Mahomes steps up in the pocket. Will throw. It's caught. Or it's feet in. It's a yes. touchdown. Touchdown, Chiefs. Phenomenal. And it's Jody Fordson again, his second touchdown of the day. That second one, first off, again, Patrick Mahomes, ridiculous, absurd arm angle as he's escaping the pocket to make that play to Jody Fordson. But Jody Fordson's got a defender draped all over him, and he still is able to go up and catch that football and score the touchdown. Because he is big, he is athletic, he is long, and he's not going to take you know reps away from Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is going to be the same guy that he's always been. He's going to get a ton of targets. He's going to get a ton of catches. going to get a bunch of yards like he does each and every year, and he's trying to keep that 1,000-yard streak alive. We know who Travis Kelsey is, and we know what his role is going to be in this offense, but Jody Fortson can be a difference maker. We, we've seen enough from him, and I'm confident enough in him that – I believe he truly can be a difference maker in this offense, even if his only role is that red zone weapon, because it's something that they had issues with last season. And Jody Fortson can be a huge playmaker there for them. I mean, Jody Fortson might catch for 300 yards this year and double digit touchdowns. I mean, like that may be the the kind of role that he has in this offense. And he is a long, strong guy who has really strong hands 
and both of his touchdown catches were contested catches in the red zone. He's that guy that you want in tight space that you're going to give him a 50-50 ball, and he turns a 50-50 ball into a 75-25 ball, right? Just because he's so big, so long, so strong and athletic, and he's that guy that that you know you saw you see you've seen them over the last few years. He's really put in the work, tried to develop, you know, practice squad guy, practice squad guy finally breaks through last year and then he gets injured so early in the season. And I mean, and you're just like, you almost feel deflated along with him. Like he's that guy that you want to see, like, you know, it's there, you know, he has it in him. You know that he's got it in him to be a, such a special contributor to this team and to see him go down when he had his opportunity last year, especially when he was showing those flashes of like, I mean, he had that one re- touchdown reception last year where he went up over the guy and then caught it and then, ran in for the touchdown. It was one of the best, you know, catches that any Chiefs receiver made all year long last year. Um, and now seeing him back, like you were so scared a little bit too. Like when you have those leg injuries, you know, especially for a wide receiver, are they going to come back? Are they going to be the same? And to see him back, like like Jody is back, man. Like there was no sign of injury today. He looked explosive. He looked dominating. Uh, like I think that if Travis Kelsey – it makes me feel good because if something does happen to Travis Kelsey, you can't replace Travis Kelsey, but you still have an offensive weapon at the tight end position. If something, if you know, knock on wood, um, if something like that ever did happen, like Jody gives you a legitimate second weapon at tight end with the Chiefs haven't had in a very long time. Yeah, we mentioned that depth, and he he is just another weapon in, in the depth of that those pass catchers on this team and. I agree with you. I don't think that it's hyperbolic to think that Jody Fortson could get 10 touchdowns this season. Like, like I, I think that legitimately is his role in the offense and he'll get utilized a little bit more. And I do think we're going to see a lot more multiple tight end sets. Like we saw early last season. I remember in the preseason, we were talking about these three tight end sets that they were running early on. And then Jody goes down and that stuff kind of gets abandoned for the year. But we're going to see more of that this year. And Jody is going to have a huge role in that red zone. And another guy that Pete Sweeney was hyping him up. And I was like, man, come on, Pete. He's fifth wide receiver on the team, fifth, sixth wide receiver on the team. But Justin Watson continues to be impressive. And he looks like he could be a steal. And then bringing him in from Tampa Bay, we know that he's a burner. We know that he can get deep down the field. He looked really good in their first preseason contest. He led the team in receptions in that game. And then today, he has another deep connection down the field to Patrick Mahomes. So we've actually got that for you guys. He's coming. Mahomes gets rid of it. That's caught Justin Watson. It's going to be first and goal for the Chiefs. I don't know if you guys if you guys could see the uh, catch very well, but it was a fantastic play, fantastic throw from Patrick Mahomes and, and Justin Watson again putting himself in a position and this time getting run with the first team offense, which we didn't see that last week. And again, they were shorthanded at wide receiver today because McCole Hardman and Juju Smith Schuster were out. So we saw we saw Sky Moore and, and Justin Watson get a little bit more work with the number one team and Man, I I just think that Justin Watson is going to have his moments this season. Again, he's going to be the fifth wide receiver probably. He's not going to be a starter, but he is a dangerous weapon, and he has shown through two preseason games that he's got some chemistry here in this offense, and Patrick Mahomes has talked him up quite a bit this offseason. Patrick Mahomes really likes his game, and not only is he locked into the roster, but I think he's going to find himself a role in, in this system this year. I mean, you say he's, you know, he's wide receiver five and he is wide receiver five right now. But I mean, if I'm, if I'm a Cole Hardman, I'm looking over my shoulder, man, because any opportunity that Justin Watson's been given, he's, he's taken advantage of. And I mean, Patrick Mahomes obviously trusts him. He goes to him on back-to-back third downs when he has to have the, we has to move the chains and he needs somebody he can trust. Patrick Mahomes went to him on back-to-back third and longs to, to convert and move the chains. Um, and on top of that, you look at him, he's in his age 26 season. You look at a guy like say an Ed McCaffrey, right? A similar player where, who's not as fast as Justin Watson, but you know, they're both tall, longer guys. They actually both weigh the same amount. They're 215 pounds. They're both from Pennsylvania. Um, and they both kind of broke out. Well, Justin Watson hasn't broken out yet, but Ed McCaffrey broke out his year, his age 26 season when he's on his second team. Um, 
you know, he's just one of those guys that, you know, you when given the opportunity, he's steadily working his way up this roster and taking advantage of every single opportunity that he had. He was a, he was an Ivy League guy. He went to Penn. He, he, he performed really well at Penn. He played well. He got injured during his pro day, which hurt his draft stock. And, I mean, the, I see all the tools there for a guy who's, who's a legitimate NFL contributing wide receiver here. Like, this guy might have been one of the steals that the Chiefs have had in a really long time. Yeah, I think he is going to have a role on this offense. Again, he is absolutely locked into making this roster. Like, that, that is that, – that is – valid like he he is absolutely making this football team but it's exciting to see the depth and i see in the comments one of the commenters is saying should we be worried that justin watson is outperforming sky more let let's slow down a little bit <laughs> it's justin watson has been fantastic but i i would say that i've been impressed with what i've seen from sky more even though it, it maybe isn't showing up in the stats the way that you want it's the preseason and you know, he's getting a limited amount of snaps because he's going to have a big role in this offense and the Chiefs are going to lean on him a lot. So I'm not expecting Sky Moore to, you know, go out here and, and you know, have 100 yards every preseason game or something like that. And, you know, Mahomes took that deep shot to Sky Moore today, and I thought it was a perfect football by Patrick Mahomes. I, I think that Sky Moore did a good job of getting open. It was just a fantastic play by former Chiefs cornerback Kendall Fuller, who's back with the Washington Commanders. It was just, it was just great coverage, great closing speed, great play by Kendall Fuller to break up the pass. Otherwise, that's a long touchdown for Sky Moore. And the uh, the whole should we be concerned about Sky Moore and Justin Watson outperforming him is totally put to bed if that play winds up being completed. I I've been impressed with Sky Moore, even though he isn't necessarily filling up the stat sheet so far. Well, and it's here's the thing. Also, Sky Moore is a rookie. Andy Reid's system is is you know notoriously complex. It's going to take a rookie, even a very very talented rookie like Sky Moore, time to kind of settle in. It's going to be some inconsistencies. There's going to be some ups and downs. Justin Watson's a veteran. He's been in the league a while. Even though he hasn't gotten the opportunity to play on the field, he's been on an NFL roster. He's 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 a pro. You know what I mean? And so, I'm not concerned about sky more at all i just think you know it's there's gonna be it's gonna take some growth there's some uh, there's time and i think over time sky more has the much higher upside and i think that the chiefs have big plans for sky more and we're gonna see those plans come to fruition i think that if anything it's just a wealth of riches and listen for all the fantasy players out there i've had this conversation a lot this off season i think that sky more can be a fantasy asset for you but right now he is not one of the starting wide receivers like in the uh, main wide receiver sets. We're going to see Juju. We're going to see MVS a lot. We're going to see McCole Hardman probably, but Sky Moore is going to work his way into it. Just Andy Reid traditionally, and they even did it with Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill just had such a big role in the return game as a rookie that Andy Reid likes to work him in slow and, and he likes to make sure that they're settled and they understand the offense and they're going to be where they're supposed to be. And so we're going to see that with Sky Moore early on. I'm not worried about Sky Moore at all. I, I've been impressed with what we've seen from him so far in the preseason. And eventually we're going to see one of those plays that really pops from Sky Moore. I, I'm not worried about him whatsoever as we head uh, closer to the regular season. But we do need to talk about this Chiefs running back room. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire, of course, your number one running back, he, he gets the – the the start of course and the most snaps on the opening drive and you know Clyde I, I'm not too worried about him I, I know what we're getting in Clyde and I know everybody wants to talk about Isaiah Pacheco but it is worth mentioning Jarek McKinnon was the first back to come in for Clyde Edwards-Alaire in this game not Isaiah Pacheco which is different from last week where Jarek McKinnon wasn't actually active last week I don't believe um but he did come in. He immediately caught a pass from Patrick Mahomes, ran for a first down. And, you know, Jack McKinnon, we know exactly what we're getting in him. He's a veteran running back. We know exactly what he can be as a pass catcher. But then Isaiah Pacheco did come in uh, after that play from McKinnon. He immediately came in and got some looks, too. And, again, you know, Pacheco, I, 
I'm not hearing these questions about Pacheco, even though we haven't necessarily seen him explode on the stat sheet yet. But it's just about the reps and the opportunities. The fact that the Chiefs are trying to get Isaiah Pacheco the ball, the fact that he's getting red zone work, and the fact that they are using him in the passing game are all positive signs uh, for a good outlook on Isaiah Pacheco as a rookie. He's going to have a major role in this backfield. And it, it might take a few weeks into the regular season before he really surpasses a Jarek McKinnon on the depth chart because we know exactly what we're getting in Jarek McKinnon. But you can see the talent. You can see the strength. You can see the explosion every time he touches the football. And it's only a matter of time until he breaks off a kick return for a 90-yard touchdown or gets one of these screen passes and takes it to the house. So I'm not worried about him the same way I'm not worried about Sky Moore. I've loved everything that I've seen from both of those guys so far. Well, and yeah, I mean, in the preseason, especially with running backs that get looks with the first team, it's so hard to evaluate them because by default, the running back position, it takes a good, what, like five touches to really get going, you know, to kind of see what the defense is presenting you, you know, to see where see where the holes are going to be, the seams, kind of kind of just get a feel of the game and get in your rhythm. And by that point in the preseason, your offense is already off the field. You know what I mean? Like you're like you're out of the game by that point. So if you unless the offense just blows open a hole for you and you get a big chunk play right off the bat. It's 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 you don't really get the opportunity to get in the flow of the game, you know, before you're out of the game. And so that's why a lot of the time, like last like last preseason, if you remember, Derek Gore was like the darling of the last preseason of last year's preseason. That's because he played the whole second half. He got 20 touches in the game. He he got yeah. in the flow of the game, and on touch 12, he broke it off for 30 yards. You know what I mean? So it's I'm not concerned at all about this running back room. And I think that you, what you saw today with the switching up of, you know, bringing in McKinnon before Pacheco, I think the Chiefs are still just kind of trying to sort out the hierarchy in their own running back room. And they want to give these guys looks and see, you know, who's performing well at what. And they're trying to sort it out themselves. I know, uh, again, going back to fantasy football, I know a lot of fantasy players are drafting Isaiah Pacheco really high. And I think you should because. He's got a lot of upside in this offense, but I would not be surprised with a healthy Jarek McKinnon, Clyde, and Isaiah Pacheco to start the season that this is legitimately a, a three running back committee um, because they trust Jarek McKinnon. They know what he can provide in the passing game, and they know that as long as he is healthy and on the football field, he is going to be reliable. He's going to be in the spots he needs to be in, and he can catch those passes and be explosive in the passing game. And then Clyde's going to get the early down work, and they'll mix in Isaiah Pacheco. It just We need to see him pop in a game. I think the first time you see Isaiah Pacheco really, you know, get in a game and he breaks off a 60 yard touchdown or something, or has like, you know, seven touches, but it's for 90 yards and a score or something like that. Then we're going to start to see him slowly take over a, a larger role in the backfield. But again, he's a rookie. It's going to take a little bit of time to get there. I think uh, really the biggest story when it comes to players who are on the roster bubble, I think it's safe to say that Ronald Jones and Josh Gordon are simply not going to make this team. I just don't see where they fit in. Uh, you know, we just talked about the running backs, and that room is set, in my opinion, with those three guys. I think Derek Gore is a guy that they might try to keep around as a practice squad player, potentially, because he could step in and you have confidence in, in what he can what he can bring you if something happens to one of those other runners. But Rojo didn't even play a snap in the first half. He did start the second half with the third-team offense. And Josh Gordon only got four snaps in the first half. And he, he did actually wind up having a nice catch in the second half of the game. But we, we just know who Josh Gordon is. We know who Ronald Jones are at this point. And I think it's totally safe to say they're just not going to make this football team. Well, yeah, and the, the thing that doesn't help Ronald Jones on top of that is that you know Andy's going to carry a fullback, you know, and so where another team maybe might carry four running backs and no fullback, the Chiefs aren't going to go with a, without a fullback. And I think that one thing that was interesting that we saw today is that Michael Burton seems to be the one that Andy retrusts on short yardage situations. He was kind of that that Daryl Williams, you know, that early Daryl Williams kind of role where he's like, okay, I need a yard, give it to Michael Burton. You know, and he's gonna he's gonna move the chains for me. And Rojo's not that guy, and Gore's not that guy. Um, yeah, so I mean Gordon and Rojo at this point, they could they could play great next week, but it's just a, it's just it's a case of too little, too late. They're not gonna make the roster. And I think that obviously there's some possible trade value for Rojo. Um, Gordon, this may be the end of the line for him, however. Um, 
you know, but that just is what it is. Yeah. And, you know, if they get a lot of opportunities to try to showcase themselves next week uh, during the Chiefs final preseason game against the Green Bay Packers on Thursday, which we've seen Andy Reid give those guys those kind of opportunities, it's going to be because we know they're not going to make the team and the Chiefs do have to cut down uh, to 80 players by this upcoming Tuesday. We'll probably see that on Monday afternoon. I would imagine they usually like to get that stuff done ahead of time. That way they don't have players just kind of hanging around who they know they're going to cut. So I would imagine come Monday we'll probably see uh, the, a few more of those cuts as they get down to 80. But we got to talk about the defense, Rocky. And I want to start with the linebackers because I have been hyping up these linebackers all offseason because I feel like we weren't spending enough uh, time talking about how good they can really be. And specifically, Willie Gay, I think, is the guy that's been getting overlooked because Nick Bolton's getting all the hype, and deservedly so. I think Nick Bolton's going to be a really good player for the Chiefs this year. And preseason game number one, it was Willie Gay who really stood out, who who really showed up and was just sideline to sideline, looked like easily the most athletic linebacker on the team, like just serious speed. You know he's the best coverage linebacker that you have. He can run with wide receivers. Like He's going to be a playmaker for them this season, but today it was Nick Bolton who looked fantastic. And Nick Bolton looks like he is going to be reliable and give you exactly what you need from that middle linebacker position where he is just going to be around the line of scrimmage causing problems and, and just be wreaking havoc in the run game and, and just crushing those running backs as they come out of the backfield. I thought he was really impressive today. And these two linebackers, these two young linebackers the Chiefs have, I think have an opportunity to truly be the best linebacking duo that that Kansas City's had for a really long time. I mean, I hundred percent agree with you. I am, I my, I am sky high on Thunderbolt and the Juice Man. Yeah, you know, I coined that right there. That's, that's <laughs> AP rapid reaction coining the term Thunderbolt and the Juice Man for Nick Bolton and Willie Gay Jr. Um, especially Nick Bolton today, like you said, he is he is processing the game at such a faster speed than he did last year. You saw the decisiveness. In his in, in in diagnosing the play, I mean, there was a every now and again last year you would see maybe a, a hesitation or a stutter step where he was trying to you know, uh, you know, diagnose what's going on and then hit the hole. Not today. I mean, it was literally the second he saw it, he reacted. I mean, and and we've always known Nick Bolton is is a stud in the run defense. But I mean, how about that pass breakup he had today? I mean, he was looking good in pass defense and on that play. He, he, he diagnosed the play. He saw, he read the quarterback size. He saw where he was going. And in a split second, he reacted and broke up that play. And that was a, that was one of the most clutch plays we saw all day. And so, I mean, I, I, I think that I have never seen Nick Bolton look great last year. I've never seen him look as good as he did today. Yeah. I, I just think these linebackers are going to be so good for, for the chiefs this season. They They've got, a really, really high ceiling with what I think they can accomplish together this season. And then, you know, we'll see what they get out of Elijah Lee. We'll see how Leo Chanel grows throughout the season. He's going to have a bigger role, I think, as the season goes on. But we've seen this before with Spags. He he doesn't like throwing rookies, linebackers to the fire, specifically those guys, because he asked so much uh, of that position. Um, I, I do want to mention, and we we haven't gotten to it yet, but cornerback Rashad Fenton did actually leave the game. Uh, the Chiefs announced that it was a groin injury, which is not great. Um, you know, he spent time on the pup after having offseason shoulder surgery. I think that Rashad Fenton is a really important piece of this Chiefs cornerback group because with their early season schedule being as brutal as it is, you just do not want to start the first week of the NFL season with two rookie cornerbacks starting in your secondary, because that's what's going to happen if Rashad Fenton is not available. And so it's been fantastic that he got off the pup during training camp and started getting reps. And by all accounts, he was making plays in practice every day. As soon as he got back onto the field, looked hundred percent healthy. Then he suffers the groin injury and Andy Reid speaking with the media right now. We'll have that for you at the end of the podcast. If you're listening to us there, but it's a growing injury. We probably won't get much more of an update than that until Monday at the earliest. Um, you just hope that he is going to be healthy and he's going to be able to get back onto the football field for them in week one, because I think he's a really important piece. Yeah. I mean, and groin injuries are so funny too. I mean, it could be, you know, a week 
or it could be five weeks. You know, you never know with a groin injury. Sometimes they just linger, especially at positions like cornerback and wide receiver, unfortunately. And you hate to see it because Fenton's a guy who, you know, he didn't come into the league highly touted. He carved out a role for himself on this defense. He's one of he's one of only what he's only one of only two veteran cornerbacks on the roster with him and Snead. You know, so he's a, he's an important part of this secondary, um, just from a leadership perspective and just an experience perspective. And so you need to see him out there on the field. He's a guy who loves who loves to play. You feel you, you see the passion. You know, when he's out on the field, like he's a guy who's who's around the ball, who gives everything he's got. And so you hate to see him go out like this. You know, fingers crossed it's not serious and we can just, and we get him back on the field soon. Yeah. I uh, hope that Rashad Fenton is is okay and I hope that it's not a serious injury and he will be able to it, be ready for, for the Chiefs in week one of the regular season because I do think he is a, a vital part of that secondary and a really uh, under – valued part of that secondary. I, I don't think he gets enough credit for how good he has been for the chiefs, but we got to talk about George. We got to talk about that man, George. So last week he, he gets the sack and you know, it, it, it's against backups. It's against the second team offensive line, but this week George gets in against that Washington first team unit. And man, did he look good on this sack that we've got for you guys. Wentz. Wentz is going to step up. He's in trouble. And he'll go down. A sack for the Chiefs. There it is. Karloftis. The rookie out of Purdue gets his second sack of the preseason. So this one, I think, matters more than the one last week. You just want to see him get sacks, right? You just want to see him win reps. And, you know, it, and it's worth mentioning that Mike Dana did get the start opposite Frank Clark again. And it appears that Mike Dana is their starting, um, their other starting defensive end, at least for the time being. But again, the Chiefs generally like to work their rookies in slow. And if George Karloff just keeps making plays like this, he is going to be the starter opposite Frank Clark sooner rather than later. Just this sack right here fights through the double team spins around and, and just takes down Carson Wentz. Like you see the power, but then you also see the athleticism too, that we were a little worried about once the chiefs drafted him. And it's all, it's all being showcased right there. It's just a fantastic rep by George Karloftis. I mean, you see all, all training camp. We saw after every practice, you know, George Karloftis out there with big brother, Frank Clark working on those spin moves. And you see it, you see it pay off right there on the play. You know, that's the Frank Clark special right there. He gets held on it on the play, even right. He he's double teamed. He's he he gets held on the play. He breaks free. He gets the sack. I mean, that's two weeks, two sacks. I mean, I don't it's just the preseason, and I don't want to get you know too far ahead of myself, but we're talking about preseason rookie of the year hype, maybe. I mean, like if he's if he's getting sacks at this numbers, it's a it's a premier position you know i mean if he if he comes out and gets double digit sacks this year you know which at this point doesn't seem too far out of the realm of possibility um if he keeps playing like this you know we may we may have a candidate for rookie of the year on our hands and carlos dunlap was also not active in this game i would assume it, it was more of a just a veteran we we don't need him to play in preseason number two um for Carlos Dunlap. And so we know that he's going to have a role on this defense. We know what you get in Carlos Dunlap. Like we, we know what he can do and, and what, what he can accomplish as a situational pass rusher for this defense. But George Karloftis is the one that it's like, you know, coming into this season, we were worried uh, about this group of pass rushers. We were worried about Frank Clark coming back and, you know, is he really going to bounce back? Like we know he's in shape and we know he worked really hard this off season to, you know, change his habits and his eating style and his health and all of that stuff to try to make sure that he could bounce back and maybe get himself another lucrative contract in the NFL. But George Karloftis is the one with all the upside. And I understand it's the preseason, but so far you've seen everything that you need from George Karloftis to be like, man, this guy could be your top pass rusher for the next several years here in Kansas City. He looks like a hit. It looks like the Chiefs hit on him. I mean, there, I like you, you see the tools that he has, and just the things that that he has aren't things that are going to go away anytime soon, without barring any injury. I mean, 
it's the power, it's the strength, it's the motor. You know what I mean? Like those are things that, that you don't teach. You know what I mean? He just naturally has those. And then you add technique on top of it. And the guy's just, the guy's a good football player. He's solid and he plays his hardest every single down. And I think that was one of the things where you see a guy in previous you know, Chiefs players like Tamba Hali, like it was his motor that made him special. It was the fact that he never stopped on a play. And you saw on that play, like, like George Karloftis was not going to stop until he got to Carson Wentz, right? And so it's that motor, I think, that kind of gives him the edge and puts him over the top and makes him the player that he is. Yeah, and he has been absolutely fantastic so far through two preseason games. And, and I can't wait to see what that guy can do in the regular season if he continues to, to look like this. Uh, he, he looks like he is absolutely a hit for the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Um, also, rookie cornerback Joshua Williams did have a nice downfield breakup in this game. Uh, as we mentioned, don't know the status of Rashad Fenton just yet. Uh, you hope that he is healthy and he'll be able to start week one. But Joshua Williams could be that guy who's stepping in for you. So it's nice to see him making plays. And, you know, we've talked a lot about him throughout training camp. He was getting a lot of reps with the first team defense when Rashad Fenton was still on the pup list. And so he's going to be that guy who's going to have to step up. So any positivity you can see in his game right now is good for the Chiefs. And, you know, he there's going to be a learning curve with him. But we think that he's got upside. We think that he can be a valuable member of the secondary. So it's just nice to see him making plays. I mean, yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, the size is there. The talent is there. I think the key for him right now is consistency because he made that um, that really, really nice downfield bat breakup that you mentioned. And then a couple plays later, I mean, he got he got juked out of his shoes by Antonio Gibbs and was left laying face down on the on the ground, you know, five five yards away from the from the receiver. So um, you know, for him, I think the talent's there. He just has to be able to string positive plays together and then limit those, those ugly mistakes. Yeah. He's going to have to build on this thing and he's going to be a little bit more of a project. Like we we've seen McDuffie is, you know, day one outside rookie starting cornerback and there's going to be growing pains there with McDuffie too. It's just that when the chiefs drafted McDuffie, he was stepping into a situation where they were like, we need you to be a day one starter. Joshua Williams necessarily wasn't supposed to be that guy, but if Rashad Fenton's not healthy week one in the NFL season, he might have to be that guy. So I, I still think that Joshua Williams could wind up being a, a really serviceable player for this defense. He's just, he's still got some growing to do and rookie cornerback Jalen Watson has also been impressive in training camp. And I, I know Isaiah Pacheco's the seventh round pick that gets all the hype, but Jalen Watson has been pretty good and he's also taking some team, some reps with the first team, second team. And it seems like the Chiefs are really high on him. And he's looked good in his preseason action through two games. Yeah, no, I mean, in pass coverage, he's he's been sticky. He's been, you don't you don't see him get beat a lot. He's been in the hip pocket almost every single time. Even when he gives up a completion, he's right there, you know, on the ball. Um, I think Jalen Watson is one of those guys that profiles out across his career as just like a solid player. Like, you know, he may never be that superstar guy that you would want like a Trent McDuffie or somebody like that to be. Um, but he's a seventh rounder. You don't, you don't expect him to be that, but I think that you see all the tools and you see the ability there for him to be a solid contributing player for a very long time in this league. Last couple of guys I want to mention before we get out of here. We saw our first glimpse of Danny Shelton in a game. He did not play in the first half, but he got some action in the second half. I think that Danny Shelton is going to make this team. Like, I don't think there's a real question about that. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about he's thick. He, he is a big boy, and he fills up a lot of space along the interior of that defensive line. I, I think that there's a role for him on this team just to be that, just to be a guy that clogs the interior of the defensive line. But the addition of Danny Shelton, I, I think has put some pressure on Colin Saunders because they're not going to keep every defensive tackle that they have on this roster right now. And Colin Saunders, who's a former third round pick, hasn't really you know, lived up to what we thought he could be when the Chiefs uh, initially drafted him and he's dealt with some injuries but he, he's shown flashes and we've seen the athleticism from him and he had a fantastic sack today where it was just all power and speed and, and it was just him saying I gotta go do this I gotta make an impression in this game because I think he feels the pressure a little bit like if I had to pick a, a defensive lineman that I think probably is gonna be the odd man out 
it's probably Taylor Stallworth, but I think Colin Saunders is feeling the pressure, and that's why we saw him step up today. I mean, you never want a guy to be too comfortable, and I don't think Colin Saunders is comfortable at all right now. But I tell you what, between him and Danny Shelton, boy, we got some thickens on this team. <laughs> I mean, we got some 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 cornbread fed, you know, home cooking grown boys who just are, I mean, they just take up space and Colin Saunders. I mean, his sack was great. I mean, he just, he came through and you said it was all power and speed. And then also he had that, that bogus, bogus roughing the passer call where, I mean, it, I think if, if, if the commanders had a grown man playing quarterback at that point, it wouldn't have been a rough of the passer call, but Tyler Heineke is built like a 16 year old JV quarterback. He is not a big guy. And it was, it was just, it was just a situation where you have an extremely large human being who was guilty by association just based on his size. And he, he, he pushed him and Taylor Heineke had no choice, but to ragdoll back and snap backwards and slam him to the ground because he weighs six pounds. And, and Colin Saunders, you know, got called for roughing the passer for it. But I mean, it was a great play by Colin Sanders, but Saunders putting the uh, pressure on the quarterback on that play. It was, I would, Saunders looked good today. I was impressed with him. I'm a fan. I like the thickens. I like the big boys. And so I'm pulling for you, Colin. If you ever hear this, I'm on your side and I believe in you, man. I, I do think that he needed a performance like this. Cause I, I do think that the questions about whether or not he was going to make the team that were starting to pop up, were valid. And, and so I, I think that they needed him to have this kind of performance. So it's good to see. And yeah, I like Colin Saunders as a player. I, I, I think he's uh, he, he's a funny person too, and, and a good interview when, when he have, whenever he talks to the media. So he, he's a guy I'd like to see make the team. Uh, so th- th- I think this was a, a really big step in the right direction for him. And last guy I want to talk about is Leo Chanel. We talked a lot about him. I, I know uh, the AP crew absolutely loves him. He's not going to be the star, uh, starting linebacker for this team to start the season, but he is getting a ton of reps late into these preseason games, and I think those are really valuable because we're seeing him step in and, and take over the green dot and, and take over the play calling, and that's a really big role for a rookie linebacker. So I, I think it's impressive that they're giving him all of this work late into these preseason games to get him those valuable reps, carrying a responsibility like that for the defense. And he has flashed quite a bit too. He He's looked like that run stuffing linebacker that we thought we were getting when they drafted him in the third round. So while he's not going to be a starter right out of the gate and maybe not even as a rookie, I think if he is, it's going to be much later in the season. I still think that he's shown enough that you can feel pretty confident that they've at least got a player in Leo Chanel. Yeah. I mean, you're hundred percent right. He's not going to start um, off the bat, but I do think he's one of those guys where just his hustle and his, and his pure athleticism are going to force the chief's hand to an extent where he's going to work his way onto the field as the season progresses. And he gets a little bit more seasoned. I mean, you saw a couple of plays today. There was one where he chased the, he chased uh, the quarterback or the or the receiver. I can't remember which one. There was on the far. He was on the far sideline. He came all the way back across the field, and forced and forced the ball carrier out of bounds, um, just because of hustle and pursuit. And then late in the second half, in a meaningless preseason game, you know he he's he's brought you know on a blitz and then reads the blitz and stops the ball's the ball gets out of the hand and he turns around and he's the guy that chases down the ball carrier from behind to make the tackle you know 30 yards downfield you know he was the guy who was probably in the least position to make that play on the football field and he's the one that made it because he knew that he was the one that could get there you know because of his athleticism and because of his hustle and so I think the, the Chiefs coaching staff are going to see plays like that. And they're going to say, okay, this is a guy that, you know, that we can coach up. And once we do coach him up, he's, he's going to be that, that third linebacker to our, to our young core. Um, and so it's going to take some time, but I, man, the arrow is pointing up for Leo Chanel. I mean, you got, you got Thunderbolt, you got the juice, man. You got death row. I mean, what a trio. I, 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 I love it. I can't wait to see it, man. Yeah. Through two preseason games, it's really hard not to feel really good uh, about this draft class for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they're, they're, they're showing 
the, the, the show in place every single week. So it, it's very hard not to get excited about them. Uh, but that's all we got for you guys on this edition of the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. You can follow Rocky on Twitter at Rocky Magania. Thank you to our guy Kramer Sansone in the background. You can follow him on Twitter at Kramer Talks. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. If you're listening to us on the podcast, make sure you stick around. Immediately after this, we will have all of the Chiefs post-game press conferences for you so you can hear their comments after their big win against the Washington Commanders in preseason game number two. We will talk to you guys again on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network on Monday with the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and thank you for listening to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I'm Steven Serta. Again, Chiefs win preseason game number two, 24-14 over the Washington Commanders. After the game, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, tight end Jody Fortson, and cornerback Trent McDuffie. We'll go in that order, starting with Andy Reid, followed by Patrick Mahomes, then tight end Jody Fortson, and we'll finish things up with Trent McDuffie. Here's Andy Reid. Um, as far as the injuries go, uh, really Fenton was the only one. He, his uh, groin tightened up on him. Uh, doesn't look like it's a pull, but... Definitely tightened up on him, so uh, we got him out of there. Other than that, everybody that started finished, and um, it was good to get a win there against a, a good opponent. So that defensively, they're they're very solid, and offensively, they're solid. So it's good for the ones to get in and mix it up with somebody of that caliber. And, um, worked out it worked out okay. But anyways, with that, uh, time's yours. Yeah, the guys are they are playing fast and um, you know we we were short a couple guys in there too, so we had some younger guys in. Uh, they got some good experience in there. So um, but I like listen, I like I like what I'm seeing. Uh, we've got to keep getting better. And this is preseason, so we've got to keep building on this. But I do like the speed. Brett made it a, a you know, a, a priority to go get some guys that could run, and and um, and, and that's what you're seeing. So a little bit more speed there. I know you're not going to show much in, the, in preseason on offense, but three drives for the first team, three touchdown drives. Um, yeah, no, the, uh, it was good. It was good to get those. Um, there's some things we can learn from uh, that we could do better. But I, I thought the execution was was pretty was pretty good there. Yeah. And, and is Fortson going to be? I, I don't want to put too much into it. But he looked like he was Patrick's go-to in those. Yeah, the first one for sure. The second one, you know, Pat was moving around and found him. Um, but Jody, it's good to have Jody back. And Jody's a good football player uh, who had a tough, tough injury against this team last year, actually. So it's good for him to get out there and uh, do well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you saw it. I mean, he uh, coming off his injury, <clears throat> he was in here every day, busting his tail to get get himself back and. In good health and rehabbing with our trainers and and um, fighting to get back on the field and listen, it's always good to for that story to come out the way it did today. So. <clears throat> Yeah, George is 100 miles an hour all the time, and um, I appreciate that, the effort. 
he'll keep getting better with technique and after he gets a feel on how these offensive linemen play him. Uh, but he's a, he's a talented kid, smart, wants to be good. So uh, I like the celebration dance. Yeah, I mean, uh, Andy, just wondered if you could assess Yeah, there, there's a. They they know each other better. Um, that, that's a good defensive front right there too. We went, they're missing a guy, but they're they're still that's a talented defensive front. So, I thought it'd be a good measuring stick for us at this time of the year. And um, I thought they handled themselves well. And you know, we we can do a little bit better in the run game part of it, but pass game part I thought was pretty efficient. Last one, Andy. I'm sorry, I spoke to this. But I wonder, seeing Patrick being able to have some scramble drills and improv with some of the new guys, what, what's that say about the cohesion they've already built and, and what you might expect out of them going forward? Yeah, well, they're getting an idea of how he how he plays. You know, if something's not there, how he's moving. We've we have these scramble rules that we we spent a bunch of time on, and you go over them and uh, go back and look at the execution of those all the way around, but. Uh, guys got open for him, so when he was moving. All right, thank you. Okay, Good, thanks. Patrick, can you um, just talk through a couple plays specifically? I did the second touchdown pass to Jody. Mm -hmm. Running left, it looked like a pretty tight window. Yep. Um, yeah, it was obviously a kind of a crossing route type play. Um, they actually played it really well. Um, but I think you've seen with Jody is when he's one-on-one -on -one and he has a guy behind him, you can kind of give him that chance. And I've, I've kind of built that trust with him now. And I think you saw it two times today where he wasn't necessarily open. Um, but we have a big guy that can catch the ball, make those physical tough catches. You give him a chance and uh, he, he uh, makes me look good. And the other play I was thinking of was the, the third and six. Uh, you're going against the grain, back to Justin. Mm -hmm. um, just go through how that play evolved and, and uh, what it says about your trust in Justin. Yeah, it's, um, it comes with the reps, man. Um, luckily enough for us, Mags has a lot of different blitzes, and sometimes there, there's guys open, and I have to kind of trust those guys to be in the spots kind of quicker than normal. Um, and so we've kind of done that over the training camp. And uh, they gave me they gave me the old uh, fire zone blitz where they dropped the big guys and brought the little guys, which you don't see a lot in the preseason, so it got me. Um, and I was able to throw it to a spot, and uh, Watson did a great job of getting to that spot on time um, and making a big-time catch. Uh, and I think the next step is you got to get out of that tackle and get in the end zone. I'm not quite specifically because, like you mentioned, the blitz is a little bit unique. It seems like you guys No, I mean, the offensive line played tremendous today. Um, that's the first thing I talked about when I came to the sideline after that second drive is those guys, they, they blocked. That, that's a really good defensive line. Um, and they, they blocked and gave me a ton of time. And, I mean, even there was times where I was scrambling. I would only scramble because there wasn't stuff open downfield. I mean, the, the pockets were amazing. Um, I was patting it two or three times. And, I mean, if they block like that, it's gonna be, we're going to be a hard offense to stop because, I mean, when you have that much time in the pocket, usually good things happen. How much do you feel like it, sorry, how much do you feel like it yeah, for sure. I mean, just those guys have played a lot of football together now. Um, they're going to keep building more and more chemistry, and they, there's a lot of talent. And uh, you see those guys got confidence that were young last year. Um, and then when you add it on to guys like Orlando and Joe Tooney and Wiley, who's played a lot of football games and big moments for us, um, we have a good, good offensive line that's really out there, and they've kind of all gelling together and doing a great job of passing off different games and stuff like that. And so um, it's, it's, I mean, it's nice when you're a quarterback and you have a really, really, really good offensive line, and uh, hopefully that's kind of the, the focus focal point of our team this year. Patrick, two drives, two touchdowns, and you had six different receivers on one of the drives. You had seven last week. Just the multiplicity of this offense, how you've been able to find everybody and get open. How do you feel this offense progressed from game one to game two? Yeah, I mean, I think you saw it. I mean, we had a couple guys down today, and other guys stepped up and made plays. Um, and so, uh, 
Uh, to see guys like Watson, I thought Sky, even though he didn't connect in that one deep route, he ran a good route on that one. Um, and then obviously with Mar Marquez, Juju, and McColl making plays out there, it's going to be a very diverse group in that receiving room that all guys can kind of make an impact on the game. And then, I mean, with the tight ends, I think y'all see the tight ends are going to be special. Um, they, they, I mean, obviously Travis, but then having Jody and Noah, um, we, we can kind of throw those guys in interchangeably. Um, then we'll get Blake back and, and have him as well. So, I mean, we can kind of interchange those guys here, like, and they can all just make plays happen. So, uh, it's going to make our offense uh, it wouldn't be different. But I think we would still be able to go out there and have a ton of success. Patrick, are you at all surprised that you seem to be kind of in harmony with so many of these new guys so quickly? I mean, it seems like you really know what to expect, and they know what to expect from you pretty fast. Yeah, I think it's. I think it comes with. I mean, the off season. I mean, obviously being down there, throwing with me, learning from me there, <clears throat> and then going into the the training camp and OTAs. Uh, we've we've gotten a lot of reps together now, and I think um, they're a lot of very smart guys. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. I mean. I mean, guys that understand, don't make the same mistake twice. The thing with Watson down the middle, I think earlier in camp, because uh, he has the option to kind of run a, a basic two and uh, in cut across the middle or take the middle. And during during training camp, he ran that in cut and I threw it to that spot and he learned from it. So in the game now, he's he's there. And so it's just stuff like that. I mean, when those guys are learning on the fly like that, not making the same mistakes, um, I can trust those guys to be in the right spots and, and they make the plays happen. I don't think I asked that question quite right before about the, I was trying to ask about third and six on Justin. You know that, that one where you threw back? Oh, okay, I got you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was it was funny. Um, we work we work scramble drills and stuff like that, and we talk about it. and We go through the mechanics of it. And you kind of have to get to certain spots. And uh, I think Watson he, he said he said usually when you scramble, you're supposed to go with the quarterback. But I'm real, realizing with you sometimes you're supposed to go away from it. So uh, we kind of we kind of we've kind of learned. He's kind of learned me a little bit in that sense, and we work those drills for those moments. Patrick uh, Joey was kind of emerging last year when he got hurt. Mm -hmm. what, what was that like? His, his rehab. I mean. Yeah, I mean, when you're a guy like that coming off an injury like that, it's going to take some time. But I think the biggest thing that I saw, even last year, um, was he was in there every single day. It wasn't like he kind of went off and did his own thing and did rehab because, I mean, you can do that and, and stuff. But he was in the facility every single day working. And uh, that's the type of guy that he is. Is if you've He was on the practice squad for two years. Um, he came from a small school. But he's been every single day he's been here, he's worked hard. And uh, he's done whatever he can to get himself better. And I think it's paying off for him now. And hopefully he can carry it, carry it on into the rest of this season and the rest of his career. Can he be a big target for you in the red zone? I know this is just preseason, but can he be something yeah, I think he, I think so for sure. I mean, he was already emerging like that last year a little bit in a sense before we got hurt. Um, we were giving him more and more plays down there, and I think you see it even today. I think it's just another weapon down there that we can use. I mean, we have so many, many options with all the like, screens and the, the plays of Kells and the shovel passes and all that different type of stuff. But whenever you have a guy that's just one-on-one -on -one, can make a catch like he did today, because, I mean, that that's a very good DB that's in perfect position. But when you have a guy that big that can kind of still high point the ball and make those catches, it kind of gives you another option I think will open up other stuff for us. All right. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Only two touchdowns today, obviously, and all, but how's it feel to get back in the groove of things, especially after the injury that you suffered last year? It's just a blessing, man. I'm just honored to be here. I'm so glad that, you know, the support system and the team and the athletic trainers and the coaches that I've had here, that I still have here, that just were in my corner and never let me really get too down on myself. It just feels awesome to get back out here, especially in front of Arrowhead, you know, in front of the best fans out here and score. Talk about the journey, though. I mean, obviously, when you suffered that injury, talk about, obviously, the rehab and the road that it took you to get back to where I can't hear. I'm sorry. And I was asking you to talk about the journey that you took, obviously, from the injury that you suffered to get back to where you are right now. I mean, simple and plain, I just kept working. I just stayed down, and I just kept working as if I was going to play the following Sunday because I know this is what I want to do. I want to be I want to be the best, best I can be. So I just kept working, and I'm... You know, I'm out here scoring two touchdowns. <laughs> you were glad you said you weren't necessarily all that open on either touchdown. I, I wonder if you could just describe each of them. And it looked like it was a particularly tight window Patrick fitted in on the second TV. Well, Patrick is just, you know, one of the greats. You know, he just finds, I felt like he has the best accuracy in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, especially on that second one, I, I almost don't even know how he got it in there, but he did. And the first one, he just did a great job of putting the ball where only I can get it. Uh, I got the best quarterback in the league, so, yeah. You talked about going through that journey uh, while you were going through it, the process. Uh, how much did, did 
All the time, all the time. If uh, there's actually a picture when they were carting me off the field last year, Patrick and uh, Kelsey, they were one of the first people to come up to me and be like, "Hold your head up, man." It's just, it gets greater later. And that's why if you look on my Instagram, I said it gets, it gets greater later, 88. Shout out to, you know, those are, man, two great leaders, man. I remember being in junior college, watching Kelsey score touchdowns, and then, you know, coming out of Valdosta State, watching Patrick Mahomes win the MVP. So to actually end up coming here and have them two, like, you know what I'm saying, be so high on me and just, I just couldn't ask for a better story, man. Jordan, if I'm not mistaken, your touchdowns came in a 12 personnel look and a 13 personnel look. How dangerous can this tight end group be when you're 100% healthy and clicking? I'm going to give all the credit to Coach Reed, you know. Coach Reed does a great job of just finding pieces and finding players and just, you know, making them exist. I just feel like whatever whatever Coach Reed draws up is going to work. It could be as dangerous as, you know, Coach Reed allows us to be, and I feel like he's going to allow us to be. After that last touchdown, it seemed like Patrick came over to you and was kind of trying to tell you, give you something, some kind of pointer on what to do again if that happens. What, what was he telling you? I'm going to say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? Thanks, Jared. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you. Trent, first game here at home. I know it's preseason, but what do you think of the environment and the atmosphere? Yeah, um, honestly, running out of that tunnel, it was chills. I mean, now all I can think about is that first Thursday night game against the Chargers and just how electric that stadium is going to be. So. I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun out there. First team defense, two shutouts. Yeah, um, I definitely think we're coming together, especially now that training camp's over and, you know, those long days of grueling practices are kind of out of the way. We can kind of come together now and start watching film together, start coming together as a group and kind of learn the lingo and communicate so that when the first game comes, it's like we're already rolling. So that's a big point of emphasis for us right now. You say, you know, it is still a learning process for y'all, especially the younger players. Yeah. That Nola scheme is pretty complex. Yeah. When do you think you're going to reach the point where you can just cut loose? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like we're starting to get there right now. Um, I think we did a good job at just the installs. And, I mean, especially for the rookie class, we really stuck together and continued to quiz each other and figure out this playbook so that we can go out there and play fast. Because at the end of the day, once the game comes on, I mean, there should be no more thinking. So I feel like we've come a long way since OTAs and learning the playbook.